Hello, everyone. I'm Brenda Marcello, sitting across from Michael Nislick on a beautiful fall-like Sunday evening outside the Auburn Athletics Complex. Uh, you're listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. We're so undercover you can't see us. Michael, how are you doing tonight? Very allergic to the outside right now. Yeah, uh, my allergies are kind of acting up a little bit. Uh, you, on the other hand, uh, sound like um, a balloon filled with snot. That's... <laughs> Which very, is a nice segue to say that this podcast is presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. Uh, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com. Uh, they make donuts, gourmet donuts, beautiful donuts. They're very good. You can go to their website, WeHaveDonuts.com, to check out more information on how you can get your hands on these donuts. Uh, available in Birmingham coffee shops and also delivering to uh, Prevail Union coffee shops in Montgomery and Auburn, I believe. Check them out at WeHaveDonuts.com. Uh, Mike, Auburn yes. football uh, beat the Bulldog crud out of Mississippi State, 49-10 to Saturday night. Auburn doing it uh, a way I wasn't quite expecting against the quote-unquote nation's number nine pass defense, and that was by throwing four passes of 47 yards or longer and making it look easy doing so. Uh, Auburn moving the ball very well through the air these last three games, and uh, that game was never a contest. Auburn was all over them from the start. Well, it was a contest at half. I mean, it could have Don't gone. do that. It, well, no, it was. Uh, Mississippi State scored on their final drive and then got the ball coming out at halftime Stop and then talking. everything fell apart. Um <laughs> Uh, no, but I thought it was a contest at the start of the, the – because and Auburn got conservative a little bit and kind of uh, missed a field goal there after that turnover. They could uh, they had opportunities to extend that lead before halftime. And uh, and then, you know, that was like probably the worst drive of the game by the defense, Mississippi's last drive of that half. So it was a, it was a game for about five minutes there. But uh, other than that, I mean, they kind of blew the doors off the thing coming out of halftime. A um, couple more long passes. Eli Stove got involved. Um but yeah, that Mississippi State secondary didn't look very good. And uh, no, um, great. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with. I think Michael just had a stroke. <laughs> it might have. My- <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Long week. Long week. So, but uh, I think a lot of that had to do with Auburn's pass protection. They gave Jared Stidham so much time to throw that, listen, you give him four or five seconds to throw, that gives the receivers four to five seconds to get open, and you can't ask any defensive back on the, in the, on the country, in the in planet. The in the planet, inside the planet of the apes. Uh, so, yeah, we're both doing the great the here so far. Right? Uh, this is, this uh, on the planet so. to cover the someone, the apes. Uh, to cover someone for five to six seconds, especially with those nuclear pe- nuclear people living underneath the planet <laughs> of the apes. What's going on? Remember now? that? Uh, well, look, I think w- what we know now is apparently the SEC is just dreadful. <laughs> just dreadful. Yeah. Uh, beyond, it looks like, Alabama, Georgia, and maybe Auburn. Yeah, it's crazy. Four teams are ranked in the top 25, and it's Bama, Georgia at like five, and then Auburn at uh, 12. And then Florida. And then Florida, which... Which is which is like one possession away in every game from being yeah. the opposite record but they have I, right As now. I said last week on the podcast, I think it's coaching. I saw his record. It's something like it's an incredible... Like in he's one won possession more, more than like 80% of his games at Colorado State and Florida in one possession games. That's coaching. Well, I picked them before the season in the in the uh, East. And, or, really? Yeah, and it looks like they're going to end up getting it. I mean, I'm, I mean, Georgia's kind of the competition. That'll come down to them in Georgia, basically. Wait, you think Florida's going to win the East? Right. You just said that. 
you taking crazy pills? Oh. Georgia just blew out Tennessee on the road, forty-one to nothing. Butch Jones's bricks are falling down, and you're saying Florida, which is playing keep away from Vanderbilt at home, trying that to win game that by game more than one possession. Though. Yeah, but it was pretty close throughout. It was, but I'm saying they have a chance, and they've won the last two years in a row. So. Um uh, that pick looked a lot worse three weeks ago than I'm saying it does now. Yeah, I guess. Is your brain attached to your uh, Maybe spinal not. column? No, probably not. Okay. But, uh, but no, but anyway, the SEC is really bad. Because um, <laughs> LSU looks dreadful. I mean, losing to Troy at home, uh, that thing's going to fall apart, right? Yeah, it could. I mean, you never know how a team's going to respond. But uh, they certainly didn't respond very well after getting blown out by Mississippi State because – they played a close game against Syracuse, which right. was a bad They team. could have easily At lost home. that Syracuse game. And then Troy marched in there and really beat the crud out of and them got, until the final when they had to come back and try to tie it, and they couldn't do has it. Has Mississippi State been outscored, what, like 80-10 to 10 in the last two games, 80-13 to 13 or something like that? Mississippi State? Yeah. And so it's pretty close to that. So they're they're just eighty to the 10. there. Tennessee's or actually, terrible. 80-13. to 13. Ole Miss looks like they might be even worse than all those teams, which is impressive. And Missouri's it's worse impressive. than that. With Missouri, which is even worse than that. Hey, um, Missouri had a bye week. You so you they never know. You never and know. And they did they not. Fu- they did not fire a single coach. I think that was the biggest probably surprise of that week. Um, is anybody covering them anymore? If somebody fires a coach and you don't, you know, and there's no one there to cover, does it happen? Does it um, actually happen? Uh, it's just surprising. Um, Auburn now is going to be favored in every game that they have left until Georgia and, and so. Alabama, um, and that spread against Georgia will be interesting because uh, you know Auburn's at home, obviously. Well, listen, a lot can happen. I mean, national media two weeks ago was saying Mississippi State was a number two team in the SEC behind Alabama. But, but I'm saying what? I, but but if you look at it on paper right now, well, after five okay. weeks of the season, we're not two games into the season. We're five weeks in. Three and weeks you, and you, what? Five weeks. Four and one. I, oh my God! You're not listening. What? Just go it. Go on. Finish I'm just saying point. Auburn's going to be favored heavily in every game until Georgia. I don't know if heavily is the right word. There'll be multi. They're mo- road games at A and M, and at A and M, I think the spread won't. What's be the as spread this week? This week, yeah, for Ole Miss, yeah, twenty-one points. And so they'll win that game by a lot again. <laughs> And so what what do you think the spread of the that's an interesting what do you think the spread of the LSU get? Would you think Auburn will be favored then like I think Auburn three will points? be favored by like a touchdown against LSU. They're gonna be favored by more than double digits against Arkansas. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Texas AM will be an interesting one. If Texas, Texas AM keeps winning, it might three, be smaller. But if they lose a couple of games, then it could be a double digit. I mean easily if they if things start falling apart there. Impressive. Um but just amazing, just a weird, weird season, and and uh, could come down to those two games. I mean, Gus's future could come down to those Georgia and Alabama games, essentially. Well, I think everybody said that. No, you didn't say that. You said that would be hard. <laughs> you said if they finished nine to th- nine and three, it'd be impossible to fire him. Would be impossible. I you did said not that. say that. Yeah, you said that. What are you doing? Put. We'll have to go. We'll have to go look through the archives. Mouth. Yeah, we'll have to go look through the archives. Yeah, you won't do that because that seems like a lot of work. Yeah. But. Um, but you did say Nate Craig Myers. You expected Nate Craig. <laughs> I did say that, and Malik Miller. Yeah. So, uh, well, they should be playing Malik Miller. They should be playing him. So but, let's uh, get let's get to that. All right, uh, we'll talk about the passing game. The defense was incredible. Twelve pass breakups. So like I mean, there's not much to high. talk about this defense. The defense it's is like incredible. We just repeat. Like, what are you going to say? Like, look, their defensive line is probably the best in uh, 
it might be in the football. Uh, Jeff Holland's really good. Marlon Davis is really good. Their linebackers are really good. It's like, it's boring. Uh, but just it's so, boring. but no, but now, but people say we're negative. It's not boring and, to watch. Sure, but I'm saying people say we're negative. So let's get this out of the way. Defense, easily one of the best in the country. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. Playing like it and don't seem to have any weaknesses. They have depth. Uh, it's hard to say what they're strongest at, but uh, they're all very, very good. Defensive so. line. I think that's good, but I mean, like the linebackers very make zero mistakes. Front seven, um, yeah, front seven <laughs> might be the better the front way. Front eleven, coaching wise, I think that yeah. you know, even though Kevin still hates us and doesn't want to talk to us anymore, um, <laughs> I don't think he hates um, us. I think that he's done a, on a phenomenal job, and I think he's gone under the radar, and I think the assistants have done well too. Um, yes, and so I think you got to look at that and say, look, everything is really, really good on that side of the ball. So when we talk about the negative, it's more because that's more interesting to talk about and debate <laughs> than sort of saying like look who's better jeff holland or Martin davidson they're both really good you know it's just whatever who um, has the best defense in the sec auburn right now you think you don't think it's alabama or even georgia alabama's had some injuries alabama on, def- and on the georgia. defensive alabama's had injuries on that side of the ball whereas auburn's been sort of unscathed well, alabama and things. georgia are both technically ranked ahead of auburn and total defense total not defense scoring and defense like and scoring defense let's check that but Auburn That's is true. the only team in the entire country yeah. that has not allowed an opponent to score more than 14 points, including at the very explosive Clemson offense, which I think they just put up 31 points on the road at Virginia Tech. And, of course, they scored a bunch of points at Louisville. Uh, I think Clemson's, what, the first team to beat uh, three or four top 15 opponents in the month of September. Oh, and now right, Clemson true? does not play another ranked team. And they're, now they can go to sleep. And now they just go to sleep for the rest <laughs> like of the season, hibernate for a bit, wake up, and just go back to the playoffs. So in terms of total defense, Auburn is ninth, uh, allowing 259, 259 yards a game. Georgia's third, 244, and Alabama's sixth at 249. So pretty so close. So what you could say is this. And scoring defense. Bama and Georgia haven't necessarily played a team like Clemson yet. Yeah. So you could argue, and I would accept your argument, that Auburn is the best Well, Alabama played Florida State, State, and their quarterback got injured. Yeah, so, uh, but that's the, Florida State's not what we thought Georgia played Notre Dame. With or without that quarterback. Um, so, Alabama, so scoring defense, it's all bunched up. Alabama's leading 8.6 points per game. Georgia's right behind at 9.2. Auburn 11. So it's not like uh, there's much room. So they're all very good. They're all very good. And uh, defense is returning to the forefront in the SEC. But competition-wise, uh, out of all those three teams, Clemson's the best team any of the three has in face. Yeah, so I would take Auburn's defense over those other two yeah. right now. Um, and Auburn's got the best passing defense out of that group by far. They're only allowed the fifth passing defense in the country, allowing 142 a game. Alabama's next at 25, which is in 30 yards more per game. So that's pretty impressive, that passing defense. Yes. Kind of on, under the, the radar. Face, under the radar, uh, I think, storyline with that group. Mercer threw the ball. Yeah. Uh, Clemson obviously threw the ball. Uh, Mississippi State threw the ball. They threw yeah. it, what, 37 times last yeah. night? So, uh, damn well, impressive, yeah. man. If you look in the top uh, top five, Auburn's uh, had the most attempts by 50, 50 more than the next person. Really? So, so yeah. wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of, and you're allow, only allowing a couple more yards per game. Okay. So. Well, listen, I mean, last night, as I said, they broke up 12 passes. Yeah. Eight passes were broken up on third down. Incredible number. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald, the Mississippi State quarterback, was three of sixteen passing on third and fourth down. Yeah, that is incredible by the Auburn pass defense. And give the defensive line some credit too. 
uh, they they gave Fitzgerald some antsy feet, and he wasn't planting correctly or throwing the ball. Fitzgerald uh, is overrated as a quarterback, but he's capable of running. We yeah. all saw that. His receivers weren't helping him, but his receivers weren't helping them because Auburn's defensive backs and even the linebackers were right there when the ball was delivered, knocking him. I mean, yeah. there were two or three passes where I go, well, that's a catch. That's a heck of a catch. And no, it wasn't. The they ripped the ball out before he could ma- maintain possession. It's, it's just great coaching by Auburn's uh, secondary coach, Greg Brown. I, I it's uh, it's incredible the progress and the difference in talent Auburn has made in strides just over the last two years. Yeah. It's incredible to see. So now let's get to the negative stuff. <laughs> well, the offense, I mean, Jared Stidham is leading the SEC in completion percentage. Number two behind him, Shea Patterson, the quarterback Auburn will be facing this weekend. Um, the problem with Auburn's offense right now, though, still, even though they scored 42 points, uh, is that running game is just, it's just, if it, it's like a, it's like an old car, old muscle car that's, Start sometimes and then doesn't start. You just can't predict when you're going to be able to get out of it from possession to possession. Carry uh, on Johnson obviously is not 100% healthy. He even even said it last night. He goes, that 59-yard run I had, I, I that would have been a touchdown uh, if I was 100% healthy. He came up a little lame on it, didn't want to mess his hamstring up again. He's wearing a band around that leg to help with the hamstring. Cameron Petway by far is the least healthiest running back on the team right now, least maybe outside healthy. of Cam Martin. <laughs> he did say he was 100%. Uh, no, but... I, I, but it makes it retrospect. So where we are now, giving him the ball 34 times against Mercer was insane. Ridiculous. And uh, Gus has defended that uh, since then. But um, look, the way they they played last night, if they played like that and the, and the passing game doesn't slow down or they don't have any problems the rest of the season, maybe it doesn't matter. But at some point, they're going to need to run the ball better, and they're going to need a healthy running back to do it. And that's kind of, I think that I think that's probably the biggest question mark going forward. Yeah, and I, they're I not doing themselves in the, any favors because you give carry on the ball twenty three times. Is he able to kind of take another step forward, or does he kind of stay healthy? And you're one hit on that hamstring away from kind of exacerbating yeah. the injury. It's not a good. Uh, it's not easy to kind of keep healthy while you're playing through that. Is my is the thing? Yeah, they've got to sit him down. They should have sat him down. Uh, against Mississippi Petway, State. Petway, you mean? Petway, excuse yeah. me. They should have sat Petway down against Mississippi State, and they should sit him down this week against Ole Miss until he's healthy. Well, uh, because when he was getting the ball against Mississippi State, he would get the ball, and he was immediately seemingly putting his head down yeah. um, and not looking up to see where to make his cuts and everything. It just didn't – it seemed like he knew in his brain, I can't do this. And I, I posted on the board the other day, it's like, why would you want one good game every three from him? Why not just rest him? And if he can, if he's not healthy till the last three games of the season, then so be it. I mean, at least you're going to get your best player or one of your best players 100% for the kind of the key games of the season. Why would you want him at 70% against Texas A&M and only get him 10 carries and, and limited yards? I don't understand why you'd want to play him banged up and not get the kind of production you're kind of looking for anyway. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I know I guess Cam Martin's injured now, but – They've been really vague about that, and just uh, it just makes no sense. Uh, they've got talent in the in the backfield, and they just seem, for whatever reason, not willing to give Malik Miller carries during meaningful periods of time. Yeah, um, 
They're, I mean, I, they're using Devin Barrett a little bit. I mean, it's very specific. It's very specific. And it's mostly yeah. passing game stuff uh, and specific plays, so you can't really get too much out of that because, you know, people are going to re- you know see that on tape and just say, look, when he's in the game, they're doing this. But um, yeah. why not go to Malik Miller? I well, would. I, I, I mean, I he understand. ran hard last night. Even, I mean, Gus Malzahn said it last night, uh, Saturday night. He was standing up there going, Malik Miller ran, ran pretty hard, you know? Yeah. Yes, play him more. But if you're not willing to play him past the, in earlier than the fourth quarter with a well, three-touchdown lead, four-touchdown lead, it doesn't make a difference. Malzahn has this thing with going with upperclassmen at running back because he wants to protect the football. I don't think you have that luxury right now considering the injuries, but yeah. yet they're acting like they do, and they just keep riding these running backs till like that, that when Petway carried the ball 34 times a couple of weeks ago, I was like, are they are – they, Punishing him for something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why are they doing this to him? He's not 100%. We yeah. knew that. Knew that the moment he stepped on the field against Clemson, you went, he's not making the cuts like he used to when he plants his foot in the ground. No. Something's wrong. Um, and obviously, it's that heel. Uh, they've got to figure something out. Now, having said that, you know, we were talking at halftime on the Facebook Live. They need to figure out a way to involve some other people in the run game, like Eli Stove, run it outside. And they did that in the second half, and it opened things up even further for the run game but they still couldn't get a lot going in the middle of the field running the football. But then the passing game, as I said, if that's not working, just go back to the passing game, and they did that. Um, problem is, going forward, if one, if any one of these defenses, and it could be anybody, you never know. Games are, College football is weird, people. If one team figures out a way to slow Auburn's passing attack. Mm-hmm. Or has some more they, speed on the secondary right. so they, they're not as can problematic. They, can they run the football effectively to win a game? Because, look, the numbers but were – But they probably can because the defense is so freaking good. The, the numbers are gaudy for Auburn yesterday, even with the run game, because they had those couple big runs that kind of masked the problem. 67-yarder by you, Malik Willis. Yeah, and, and the, the, the 59-yarder by Carrion and a 30-yarder by Eli. You take those away, those are three carries. I mean, it's – you know, and then you average less than two yards, two yards per carry and that's not what auburn's used to doing they're not used to having it's five yards per carry plus those explosive plays uh this is kind of rare for the gus Malzone era how poorly they've run the ball through five games it's probably the worst that they've done in in a stretch um average wise uh in his kind of career um because they were less than four yards per carry through the first four weeks and that's like that's shocking considering that's what they kind of built this offense to do um and and I, you know, I think a lot, some of it's blocking, but a lot of it's personnel. Um, and I don't understand why you continue to throw guys that aren't healthy out there. Um, Petway didn't get a lot of carries, but he got five. And I, it, there, there's no reason he should have had one. There's no reason he should have been put in a position to fumble in that second half either. That was if anything, you're strange. hurting him psychologically. Well, now you set him back mentally, right? Now yeah. he's got to now he's second guessing himself. Now yeah. he's frustrated. Well, and as you as you mentioned, uh, apparently on the broadcast, what mentioned that I think that's important. Yeah, like they were showing after the fumble, they showed they cut away. Cam well, was sitting alone on the bench. Um, and they, they and somebody said something about him, and he was about to kind of snap back at him, and they cut away. But then I was watching him um, just from the press box, and Jared Stidham and Chandler Cox came over there uh, after and just tried to give him a kind of a pet me up talk, pat him on the back, and and you know those guys are the kind of the what we've everybody has said are the leaders of the offense, especially Chandler. Um, and so obviously there's some sense of frustration. I asked Carrion about it and uh, put the story up last night, and he said he's not going to fold. And he said, you know, look, when you're running back and you fumble, it's kind of the worst thing you could do so he could understand the frustration. Uh, he didn't think it was necessarily about the injuries, but I think it's kind of probably got to be a combination because he's got to be frustrated at this point. His expectations were so high after the last season, and to be five weeks into the season and you're not your team's third best running back, essentially, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be kind of coming down to earth, and a lot of it's just his health. Uh, 
But I mean, too, the way they're using them is it's just, uh, I don't know why you put your athlete in that situation. You just say, look, we're going to give you four weeks to get healthy. You give us what you got in the second half of the season. But now they're kind of extended it to the point where you don't know when he's going to be healthy. Yeah, Cameron Petway currently third on the team with 208 yards, uh, averaging 3.41 yards per carry. Not healthy. Uh, Johnson's averaging 5.26, but he's a guy you're used to seeing average more than that. And, that and he should he's be. He's had a couple – like you said, that touchdown run, uh, the first game where he had another touchdown taken away because that's when he got injured. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you look at his numbers and it's like those could be better too if he was healthy. And Cam Martin – 9.1 yards per carry. And he's, and he's barely paid. He's, he's basically played in two games. He's had 23 carries. Half the amount of carries of uh, – Petway's actually leading the team with carries, 61. And Martin was moving around pretty good in the pregame, so uh, who knows? I mean, I just don't understand. Jared Stidham has almost double the amount of carries as Cam Martin. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, so Ole Miss is coming up this weekend. Are you expecting any resistance? On the road too, so that that's tough for them after that, miss, after they're getting, getting the crushed. The only, there's like you said, an X factor in the fact that McGriff was here last year, and maybe this get he, he know, has a secret playbook. No, he's more he gets a little more out of him. Gets a you know makes makes them it makes it clear this game means something to him, and maybe tries to motivate him a little bit. But maybe. Uh, it's going to be tough. Um, I mean, they're they're in a tough spot anyway with the interim coach and sanctions hanging over their head anyway. So it doesn't. I mean. That program's in some trouble. So, <laughs> uh, I, I expect Auburn to roll. Yeah. I, I've i got this feeling that Ole Miss is uh, better equipped offensively to face Auburn than Mississippi State was. Mm-hmm. But does that mean they score three touchdowns? I, I don't think so. Auburn's defense is just so good. But the way Ole Miss is able to throw the ball, that could be dangerous. But, I mean – you got to have time to throw the football, and this Mississippi, or excuse me, Auburn defensive line is so good uh, that that could be an issue for them. But listen, Ole Miss has been able to score points against Auburn uh, over the years in this offense. Now, Hugh Freeze is no longer there, but you could definitely see a reason why historically maybe Ole Miss can do something offensively. But I mean. <sighs> You come off the road after getting beat up by Alabama the way they did, and then you have to go on the road again. Um, and as you said, with that shadow hanging over that program at the NCAA, I, I find it hard to believe that they can challenge Auburn no. this week. So, as I said, I, I mean, Auburn should be 5-1 and one heading into LSU. And, they, and now LSU should, doesn't look like that big LSU of a deal other than the fact that they've got the curse. So. I'll tell you what, it, Auburn hasn't won there since 99. If they don't win this year – do they ever beat LSU down there? I mean, it's uh, LSU. If Troy can do it, you got to do it, if right? Troy, yes. I mean, listen, uh, three teams for the state of Alabama should beat LSU this year. Troy, Alabama, and Auburn. Uh, that should happen. But as you said, it's just amazing how bad the SEC is. Really bad. It's bad. I, I was not expecting it to be this bad, but here we are. Um, speaking of bad things. Anything new with the FBI investigation probe into Chuck Person and how it's going to affect Auburn basketball? We had that press conference. Uh, yeah, we haven't Friday. talked about things since the uh, on the uh, podcast, at least. With the, and, so we uh, had 
that was the so Friday they did not cancel practice. They did not delay it. They held. They opened the season. Uh, Bruce Pearl spoke for ten minutes. Um, at the top, he said he had really a short comment to make on the whole situation. Said he backed what the university said, which was that they were sad and shocked, angry uh, about what had happened, and uh, will cooperate in any way they can. And then Bruce said he said the conduct alleged in the complaint is unacceptable. Uh, then tried to mostly deflect questions about it, um, talked around some issues, uh, said they're looking at what to do about if because look he's uh, Chuck is suspended without pay and pendant you know there's some legal things to hurdles that the university has to get through to be able to fire him so when they are able to do that is unclear but if it extends for a while they have to figure out what to do with the assistant that spot um i don't think they can hire somebody new while he's suspended so they're talking about elevating somebody um so that's kind of where that is um and then everybody practiced that was the big thing all players all all the scholarship players were on the floor we had pictures of all of them uh, on undercover.com um they are waiting, as the president previously said, basically until Lightfoot's whatever Franklin and White, Franklin and White uh, they determine what to do and determine what these players' status are to make an announcement on that. Um, I believe Louisville's the only team thus far to have suspended a player um, uh, from the probe, and they obviously fired their coach in AD as well. But so that's where Auburn is, and he wouldn't talk about the players, or you know, uh, which obviously makes sense. Was surprising that they everybody practiced and everyone was kind of you know he said the term which I kind of cringed business as usual, um, considering what has happened. The accusations, yeah, the accusations and the uh, complaint. Um, wouldn't really, you know, he said that they're a tournament team no matter what. Um, said expectations are high. Or said that's what he expects. You know, that's what his expectations are. Um, but it was a strange day. It was a strange press conference. It was a strange practice. Um, he kind of blew up a couple of times. Um, and, you know, I've been covering just through the summer, and I watched, what, like six practices. And he was a little – Bruce was more a little more short-tempered than I had seen him previously, um, which kind of makes sense in the context of things. one point he snapped at a player and then gathered the group and apologized for some of the language he'd used and how – mad he got about the just something you know somebody not doing something on a defensive drill um players kind of you know there was no sort of sense that anything was wrong i mean they might not have been as sharp as they had been over the summer but um but that's where we had on the weekend everything kind of shut down because there was football and then there was the ad rumors on friday night so that kind of overshadowed everything and some of the calls you got to make there's offices aren't open on the weekend so we'll be back at it monday to kind of figure it out but it makes sense at this point why the players names aren't leaking out because it's an fbi investigation they are probably penalties for some of that stuff and everybody's being very cautious uh nobody's kind of talking um on or off the record and everybody's being very quiet and you know you were over there too with me on tuesday and it was the the sense of shock around the the program right now still hasn't dissipated um very thick and so um everybody's playing catch-up too remember this was a sealed federal complaint so nobody knew the ncaa didn't know no uh auburn obviously didn't know so everybody's kind of trying to figure out what the right thing to do i was surprised they didn't wait and try to delay it uh delay practice a couple days to try to get this law firm to move and try to have a decision by monday or tuesday and then open up practice but they didn't do that um so they might have a, they're, they're scheduled to practice monday we don't exactly know if it's going to be open to the media or not so that's kind of the next time we'll be able to see um 
But we're just kind of in a wait and see pattern. We're still trying to track things down and, and find things out. But. Well, based on Auburn's history, their mantra usually is business as usual until we absolutely have to make a decision and do something. Um, so it didn't really shock me that all the players were out there practicing. Now, it would shock me if they start the season and player one or two players are playing. Yeah. Uh, but that's a while down the road. Um, also, I think Auburn is waiting to see what the uh, internal investigation from Whitefoot, Franklin White, uncovers, and then they'll probably make decisions from there. I think the first decision they'll make is whether to fire truck person, which that's happening. That, that they're just lining their ducks in a row to make sure they have the legal grounds. And it might on be on own. the same announcement. It might be or the same that's day, possible. same day that, that they just conclude everything. But, uh, but it, it depends on how long it takes. I mean, listen, Lightfoot, Franklin White have handled a lot of things for Auburn. And uh, you listen, they 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 handled the softball investigation, internal investigation. And there's still things that were going on with that, even after uh, Clint Myers had quote unquote retired. So, and they won't no even answer questions about that, about whether they're reviewing the review or they're doing an initial, still doing the initial review. Well, or? I think I think more than anything, they're probably seeing if there's anything else. That, that that's too. what you have to do. But, I mean, they also talked about the response, reviewing the response. They've been very vague about the whole thing. So Well, they have to be, um, legally. One interesting note, and this is kind of ties into the other news that people want to know about, is that Jay Jacobs appears to have nothing to do with the basketball situation, Won't com- hasn't comment, hasn't released a statement, and um, doesn't seem to be running the ship, sort of, so to speak, with that I, I think department. the worst thing that about Friday, about Bruce Pearl talking – was that it, they put Bruce Pearl out there and hung him out to dry. And it wasn't the athletics department. And it wasn't the athletics director who should have been. It should have been. If they're gonna, if Bruce is going to talk and Bruce tells the athletics department, hey, I'm going to talk Friday, the athletics department should advise him, one, either don't go talk because you can't answer these questions anyway. We know you're going to be hammered with them. Or do what he did Friday, but that puts him in a bad spot. Or what they should have done, in my opinion, is if Bruce is going to have that press conference, you open it with your athletics director up on the podium, at the podium, speaking. Yeah. And answering questions that he can't answer in some official capacity. Because the face of the athletics department has been missing action on this. for a while now, even during the softball stuff that yeah. happened. So that's what should have happened. They shouldn't have been Bruce up there having to answer i mean he's got he's got he's got to answer questions at some point yeah. but he couldn't he, he's not an administrator you know he's not someone who can make those type of statements at that moment um and i thought that was bad on auburn's part to put him out there kind of to hang out to dry um but and that kind of leads into my next thing here then a report came out later that night that uh president stephen leith uh, of auburn university and the board of trustees and leadership have kind of laid the groundwork to uh, push uh, Jay Jacobs out of office, so to speak, as the athletics director here soon, um, that there have been phone calls between the president and those board of trustees, and that it could it was expected to happen you know, near the end of the football season or after the football it season. It could get bumped but up. But now it could get bumped up earlier. Uh, Stephen Le- we reached out to Stephen Leith, and he got back with us late Friday night, said, he said that uh, there was no conference call, and Jay Jacobs is our athletic director. Um, I think more than anything, that's semantics. One, because he technically, technically is still the athletic director. Well, that that's true. Also, <laughs> it's a way of it's a way of saying that, but also making people believe, oh, he's the athletic director in the future. Right. He didn't say that. 
two, it's technically illegal under the Alabama Open Meetings Law to speak to the Board of Trustees with in a, a private setting and in a group without alerting the public of a meeting such as that they will have next in November. That but, should be a fun one, huh? Well, if people are if still he, around. If he makes it there. It, it's certainly looking like he won't. Um, but having talked to some people and knowing that Kevin Skarbinski, who first reported this for AL.com, is a very strong reporter and has a lot of connections to the board uh, and other people around Auburn University, I believe very much that it's in the works and that uh, Jay Jacobs, he's not out right now. So bottom he's line. he's on the ropes. Bottom line. Do you think he survives the football season? It's possible. I don't think he'll be the athletics director past January. Okay. I think he'll be gone before the spring semester. But you'd be surprised if he's fired before then? I think it's probably going to happen uh, maybe not concurrently with whatever the fallout is for the basketball situation, but probably short, shortly thereafter. Well, and there's, the other, there's the other sort of <laughs> – there could be more shoes to fall on everything, right? Softball, basketball. I mean, there's not, there's no necessarily conclusion to either of those sort of situations. Um, and if something else were to come out, um, that could be yeah, the that no could be telling. the final domino. There's no telling, but I, I, so or if the football team takes a turn for the worse. But I, I, I listen. I have reason to believe that uh, very powerful people are pushing for Jay Jacobs to be pushed out. And uh, I think it's a matter of when, not if, at this moment. Unless something changes, right? it's always possible. It's always possible when people with money and power are discussing things. You know, football is king around here. And, you know, football keeps winning, then maybe people are happier. Well, and you but probably I don't, don't think, if they keep winning. I think it's beyond that at but this I mean, point. But, but, but if they keep winning, they probably don't want a distraction I, I don't think that matters. Fall out. I don't think that that would be a distraction for. But if you could wait a couple of weeks, why wouldn't you do it in December between everything? I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm not, I, I just don't think he's going to be here past January. We'll we'll see. Uh, but that's if I if I was you know being asked on a lie detector, I would say I don't think he's going to survive. That's what you're going to say. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll see. <laughs> I mean. It's crazy times at at Auburn. Okay, now let's move to listener questions as my ankle kills me. Yeah, he's like hobbling around. Um, so, had yeah. to stand up because my – twisted my ankle. Because, you know, last week's podcast, it was Sunday, a week ago today, you made fun of me for not paying attention to the field while I was walking down steps. <laughs> and so Brandon was walking to the stadium not paying attention. Wow. And fell apparently down a hole. Uh, cannot confirm that it was after him, and that they were trying Pennywise. to pull him down a, dra- a drain. Uh, but he fell, uh, injured himself. Um, I he's false. He's day to day. I would say we're going to reevaluate him on Thursday to know if he's going to be at the game on. If Sunday I had to play a football game, Saturday. I don't think I'd play a football game Saturday. Um, crying like a baby all through the game, <laughs> literally. You know, he's eating his ice cream and crying. It was really. And the words wrong. Give me some ice cream. He's really. Ta- he was calling his wife every five minutes, telling telling her that he had a boo boo. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. Uh, it was not a good day for twenty four seven Auburn undercover, but uh, he survived. There's no visible marks of the injury, uh, but he says he's very hurt. So my wife says it's swollen. Hey now, I All have right. an inside source that says otherwise, and that your wife thinks you're a big baby. <laughs> Thank you. Um, now that's two beat writers 
in two years have taken a tumble and uh <laughs> very sad our friend uh wes has never recovered and so hopefully brandon does better well wes um, was on crutches after yeah that. and he's left he's, he's now no longer in auburn because he can't bear the memories <laughs> so um we'll see what happens with brandon uh send him your well wishes and prayers um <laughs> We're hoping I saw for a, a bus coming. We're hoping, I had to move out of the way of the bus, and I was carrying a bunch of equipment, and I slipped into a we might put up drainage a, ditch. We might put thing. up a GoFundMe account to get him a, a walking boot or some sort, <laughs> and maybe like a sticker and a, and a lollipop. Um, it's it's looking rough. It's, it's, it's rough. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go to listener questions. Uh, Carson Haygood asks, do you think we'll see a package from Malik Willis built in the future game plans? Not right now. I don't either, unless it's po- I mean it's possible if the Auburn running game struggles, yeah, and they can't get people healthy. Maybe they develop something in a wildcat formation from a league. But as of right now, no, I don't think. Uh, as you mentioned on Facebook Live Sunday night, I don't think you want to mess with the rhythm right now that this offense is in with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. Um, let's see. That was a basketball question. We answered that already. Um. Mark the Godfather says that the offensive lineup matter or just the competition. Why are we still struggling on runs per carry? Uh, we went into that a little bit, but I I think it's just one, it's a combination of things: the injuries with the with the running backs, but also the the offensive line is much better pass protecting than it is run blocking right now. But the 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 injuries are the big thing. I think if you had a hundred percent, I think this would look a lot better, um, which makes it how they're handling it that much more kind of confusing. So. Um, I think they got to sit these, some of these guys, and maybe now Cam Martin will be healthy, and you sit Petway, and you kind of wait till he's healthy, and then everybody's back in a couple of weeks. But um, hopefully, Carryon can play through it still, because that's that's the kind of the, he takes a hit on that hamstring and gets a setback. That that's, that could be spell trouble. Yeah, uh, Blake Ells, friend of the program, asks <laughs> if the <laughs> if the Iron Bowl were played today. And the result was totally dependent on what I would like to call, quote, intangibles, and then in parentheses, scoreboard size. Who wins? Oh, Auburn by a lot, mm. like four touchdowns. If we're going by scoreboard size. Yeah. And, and, four f- and number of funnel cake options. Funnel cake flavors? Yeah. Imagine a funnel cake concession stand with multiple flavors. That would, that would, that would be just dandy. You satisfied? No, but I'll okay. make it through. All right. I want to respect you and talk to you. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Someone asking us what Georgia's quarterback situation could be. We do not cover Georgia. Um, no, I thought it was, oh, what it will it be when they play Auburn? Like I don't know. <laughs> I think they're going to go with the freshmen until they lose, so if they keep winning. Yeah. Right? Uh, Amy Jones asks, better job. Guy who has to clean Jerry Jones's glasses, or the guy who has to hold Carl Lawson's teeth? I imagine they'll put his teeth in a drawer and then just get him after the game. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's going to be somebody's job for the rest of that game. I'd rather hold Jerry Jones's glasses and clean them because you're probably getting paid a lot of money to do that. Yeah, or but I mean, how much would the tooth fairy pay for Carl Lawson's teeth? Is that more? I don't know. <laughs> Two nickels because he's. Who wore fifty five at all? Oh, there you go. What, he's not wearing fifty five in the Bengals. I think it's fifty eight, maybe or ninety eight. I can't remember. I don't. I don't watch the NFL very much. Hmm. Even you don't watch red, football. Red zone you don't watch. Day. You don't watch football. I watch college football. NFL just bores me. Hmm. This bores me. 
Okay. Well, I think that'll do it. Do you have anything else you want to discuss? No. I think we've hit everything. Your injury. Um. <laughs> I'm not questionable this week. I will be at the game. Unless, you know. That's as of now. Things could change later in the week. I'll Unless update the, board of trustees I'll update the fans together. later this week on it on, on Tuesday on the podcast. Let, we'll see where he's at. Unless we'll the board of trustees so. meet. And Brandon's never, let, I mean, let's be straight. Physically, never 100%. Always around 60, <laughs> 60 65. That so, high? Yeah, we're just looking for, con- I mean, you know. God. Yeah, he waddles around the press box. It's not pretty. So um, <laughs> that, that's, with, that's with two ankles. So we'll see where he's at. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Okay, so <laughs> thanks for listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. And uh, go to AuburnUndercover.com for full coverage. Subscribe today. Get a 70, seven-day free trial. 70. 70 free day free trial. <laughs> seven-day free trial at AuburnUndercover.com. The best Auburn coverage you'll find on this fair planet. And if the Internet is available on other planets, those planets too. Thank <laughs> you.